Welcome to the Pure Grace Podcast, Becoming Love. I'm your host, Nimi G. In season three, you will hear me having conversations on different spiritual and holistic topics because I stand for self-care as healthcare. I stand for divine feminine empowerment and releasing the outdated patriarchal paradigm. I am passionate about conscious sex and a spiritual revolution for humanity to remember we are love. Who am I? I am a free spirit creatrix. I have two divinely inspired transformational programs. If you want to find out more about those, you can on my website, nevegrace.com. And if you're ready to manifest a life of magic and love, we can have a heart-to-heart conversation if you go to gratefulheartenergy.com forward slash apply, and you'll get on my calendar. I'd like to take this moment to thank you. I'm honored by you being here now and listening and investing time in the show. Today's guest is Maggie of Glowing Goddess. We share about our journeys from being young, lost, partying, and not loving ourselves to developing a deep self-love practice through self-care. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, welcome. Navy G's here, and I have with me Maggie of Glowing Goddess, and we wanted to share our stories with each other and with you all um, just about going from party animals to self-care divas and how we like, you know, how did that happen? Like what, what exactly happened? And, you know, one of the questions I have for you, well, before we get into it, would you like to introduce yourself more? (laughs) Sure. Hello everybody. I am Maggie. I am the creator of glowing goddess, natural skincare. Um, I am an herb alchemist. (laughs) Um, I am a love alchemist. I am all of the things. Um, I'm a mother. (laughs) I am so many different things. And um, yeah, I think that's a big part of what we'll talk about today is you can be more than just one thing. (laughs) And you can constantly be evolving into the next thing. And yeah, so I'm excited to be here today and talk to everyone. And yeah, share stories. <laughs> yeah, well, we we kind of tapped into, so we do a self-care Saturday when we can, and we've kind of tapped into like little parts of our story with each other, but we have this amazing synergy and energy together. And so we were just like, oh, we should, let's just talk about, you know, our journeys with each other and we'll record it so that others can um, vibe with us. So thanks for being here, listening and vibing. And thank you, Maggie, for being willing to be vulnerable, which to me is the divine feminine. Yeah. Yes, definitely. The divine feminine is leading with vulnerability and connection and, and love. And um, yeah, it's just a really beautiful thing to share with you. I think that's something we have in common for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's been like a new thing in my life too. I, I had a really hard time sharing and opening up for so long and, um, even like accepting things, uh, myself, but especially like speaking about where I was and where I came from. And so it just feels like as this like divine feminine power has like evolved within me through self-care of course like that is what invoked it and like it just keeps growing right and and now I I have a voice and I feel like sharing and connecting with people and it's amazing how that works like you take care of yourself and then how it you know goes outward and all of a sudden you're like 
in a community with people who do the same thing and who feel the same way. And it's just like super powerful. (laughs) Yeah. So going back to like our partying, partying days, partying animal. I mean, and I still like to party. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Anyone listening to this, you guys know me like, you know, I still like to have a fun time and get a little crazy whether, you know, there's all kinds of crazy, you know, like spinning fire is pretty crazy. Um, but what I was wondering is, was there like a pivotal realization or like reckoning or, um, kind of a low point or a dark night of the soul where there was a spiritual pivot for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, I feel like it started out for me as partying and then it turned into something like really, really dark and scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the beginning it was like I just wanted to have a good time and like I was bored. (laughs) Um, I had a lot of energy. I like didn't know how to deal with it, I guess. And the best thing was to use these like things to like dull that energy or like change it. And so like, you know, it started with like alcohol and weed, but then it got into like more (laughs) Um for me pretty quickly and then I feel like psychedelics kind of like brought me out of that and then I went back into it <laughs> and I feel like it was like a roller coaster for me there was like a lot of darkness and addiction and like scary things happening and I just like remember it starting out as like I just want to have a good time I just want to have fun you know <laughs> Right. Like this, it feels like our culture, like that's what you're supposed to do. Like you're supposed to drink or you're supposed to like go sleep with people or, you know, it's like, what, what, what are we supposed to be doing? And so that's how I felt too. I was totally not conscious and like, oh yeah, I'm just going to have fun and be young. And I was very sheltered. And so when I finally got to the point where I had options and I was like, oh, I'm an, I'm an adult. I can do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. Woohoo! MDMA. Like, you know, like, what are we, what are we doing? Like, this is great. I didn't know this stuff existed. So it kind of was just like this. And for me, it was after like college, this kind of like huge, like, oh man, these things, there's all these things and we're just supposed to do them and hang out together. Like, okay. And I don't think you realize, at least I did not realize how slippery those slopes are or how dark it can get. You know, I definitely lost people in those and yeah. the the high school if i had gone to public high school a bunch of those kids died from heroin that were that would have been in my graduating class so it's probably yeah. good i wasn't in high school um and yeah exactly hand on the heart i saw that yeah it's just <laughs> it gets it does there's a very it gets to be a very dark place and so i know i remember for me one morning i woke up from like drinking and partying i don't think i was doing anything else party like just drinking all night or whatever, but I woke up in the morning or whatever time. And I was like, this is, I could feel my soul like calling to me. My soul was like this, you have a bigger reason for being on the planet right now. You're not supposed to be just goofing off, having fun. Like, and that was sort of something that was always kind of lingering in the background that I knew. Did you have an experience like that? Like you're nodding. Yeah, completely. Like, I mean, I just remember like, that feeling that voice of like oh like this is can't be it this is not it you know like there's more and that's why I left every relationship I was in I left every place I was because I knew there was like 
I was looking for something, you know, and I knew, I knew this wasn't it, but it, it felt like it physically, like I, I was like super physically trapped, you know, like, um, near the end of my addiction, God, I'd been to rehab like four times before this, but this was like one of the last times. And I just knew like my body was going to give out if I didn't change something. But it was really like scary at that point to think of changing because like I would wake up, I was addicted to benzos. That was like the first thing I would take. And then then I would take my painkillers and then I would, you know, oh God, then I would drink, you know, as much as I could. And then I would I, I was like really hooked on ketamine for a while. And um, it got to the point where I was like muscling it and I would have these like crazy muscle spasms when I would wake up up in the morning and like I needed oh this gosh. to get rid of that and it was like this yeah it was like this constant needing something just so I could be myself and be normal and feel okay and like god it was like torture really I was torturing myself and I if I knew that it was just going to take like some detox and some like really hardcore self-love <laughs> like if I knew that before I probably would have jumped a lot sooner and done it but I remember the thought of like getting off of all these things seemed like the scariest thing in the world to me you know yeah and funny enough I almost died in my detox um I I that yeah my, That's not my funny, heart by the way yeah, no, it's not. It's not funny at all. I don't know why. I laugh at the uncomfortable things. Um, but yeah, like I, it was. Uh, I got asked a question. Like I left my body and and literally heard like my brother and my mom. I heard them in my ears, in my head. You know, I'm like, could hear them. I was not in my body. I was looking at my body, and I had this choice in that moment. I was like, do I keep trying or do I just like give up like I was in this like weird in-between place where I was like okay I can go this way or I can go that way and like this way seems really easy but like my mom and my brother are like that way so I think I have to go that way and I just like went for it went back into my body and you know I was in the back of the ambulance and it was just craziness and then I remember them asking me like we can check you right into this detox and I was like sure okay like this is it I have to do this this is the last chance I get. Like I pretty much got told that like, this is your last chance. Like that's it. You know, I don't know. It's very strange. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like realizing also that this is not just the place. <laughs> just, you know what I mean? Like there's more than just here. And I think having those like out of body experiences, you realize that there's like, it's not just here. <laughs> um, there's something yeah. bigger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is something bigger. I totally agree. And like for anyone that hasn't done ketamine, uh, I definitely did a couple times. And once it's a horse tranquilizer, so you guys know. Yeah. Anyone who is listening to this that doesn't do drugs, good for you. And that's what it is. And it's <laughs> like really good on you. Um, but I think that was one of the darkest moments I ever had. I remember I was like in a field. I'm guessing it was like a post outdoor rave or something, but I was in a field and I had done a little too much and I couldn't yeah. move my body at all. Yeah. 
I couldn't move my body and I could, and I wasn't with people that I trusted or knew. And it felt <sighs> like the scariest, darkest, vulnerablest place ever. And I was like, well, I'm really glad I'm not getting raped right now. Cause yeah, I could you be, wouldn't be able to do I wouldn't yeah. have been able to do anything. And it was just like this. Oh, and after that, I think that was a pivotal point for me to like move away in a more yeah. positive direction. But I think that was one thing is going, being in those dark spaces, you know, putting ourselves mm -hmm. through such dark spaces. I think that's why one of the reasons why we're so, so much powerful healers now and so into the self care yeah. and the self love. Cause we're like, this is the stuff that works people like, please, please listen to us. Like take care of yourself, love your body. Cause we, cause we did the opposite. We abused our bodies. Right. Completely. I had no idea. Like I just, I mean, I knew I wasn't caring, but like, I didn't realize like how much I was putting myself through torture, like torturing myself and like, Gosh, I always think like, what if I was like 16 and I started caring about myself? <laughs> what would my life be like if I could be like a person who started at that young age, like started washing my face and like making it a ritual and taking baths and like loving my period and like loving my body? Like what would have happened in my life, you know? Um what brings me peace to that is like having my daughter and being like, okay, I'm going to help her hopefully see, you know, the, this option of like, you can love yourself and that's okay. And it's not selfish. <laughs> and well, it's beautiful. Yeah. And I want to interject here because this is what I'm seeing. And this is why I'm doing what I'm doing now is stepping in as this crazy aunt mentor role is because we don't want to listen to our parents. No. So I want to be Nowhere. there, no. but I want to be there for your daughter when she's at that age and be like, Hey, you know what? Yeah. Your mom's not crazy. Cause that's what I saw yeah. in the course with the moms and daughters is like me sharing similar things to what their moms were saying, validated what their moms were saying to them. It was the mm -hmm. most beautiful thing. And if it could save you from <laughs> overdosing, it's so worth that investment of, oh, we should actually have a mentor for spirituality and energy. So like, I'm, I'm so excited that this is where the divine is leading me because, yeah. because just for this exact reason, like, cause sometimes I know I wasn't going to listen to my mom about everything. <laughs> no, but. if you were next to my mom telling me like she was cool, I might have listened to her, you know? Yeah, she's now my I'm best cool. friend. Like, she now, yeah, you are cool. Yeah, totally. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, that's totally it. It's so beautiful. It really is. And like, I think that's you know, a big thing. Part of oh, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no, you go ahead. You go ahead. Well, I was going to say I with your mom. Well, with your mom, <laughs> it's like a, I feel like that is, I just wanted to jump into comment because I think that's a, that's something that's broken that I'm, that I'm starting to speak about publicly, publicly being on like YouTube and social media is this yeah. mom daughter animosity or, or competition or weird energy yeah. that is from patriarchal BS. And we need mm -hmm. to lay that down, give mm -hmm. it back to the womb of the earth 
and, and reconnect with our mothers and our sisters and our daughters and our aunts. And as we're in this process, right, hopefully I'll be able to mentor, but you can go, you can take it another direction now. But I think that that's something that that's one of the reasons I'm doing the podcast, um, Mm -hmm. is really to talk to moms and daughters and to help facilitate those kinds of conversations. And hopefully those will serve other moms and daughters when they listen, right? Oh, like, oh, maybe I should talk about that or shouldn't or whatever. Cause I, I think, think that's some, yeah, it's a lot yeah, to it, heal from the it from is. patriarchal stuff and religious stuff. We have a lot of healing to do and we can do it like in the moment right mm-hmm. now. That's how powerful we are. Yeah, and I feel like people just, like, don't even, they don't know, right? Like, they don't know how. They don't know where to start. Like, what I was going to say was, like, my mom, when I started partying, so here's, like, a little piece of a really bigger part of my story, but um, I ended up in these, like, wilderness programs and at these really scary lockdown facilities. So, um, God, this is crazy. So I have to talk about this later in the week, but... um, I pretty much spent my 15th, 16th, 17th, and 18th years in these really crazy lockdown facilities where it was like for kids who wouldn't listen or who were like rebellious or crazy, um, all these things, right? And I had like a, uh, I had a hard time being a sensitive person in the world and My mom had a hard time understanding that and she was going through her own thing and my dad had a lot of money. And so that's what people with a lot of money, they do. They just like send you to these like crazy schools. And um, there was a lot of abuse that happened and a lot of like really terrible things that I'm still like healing from. But me and my mom talk about it now. Like my mom wishes she knew what to do because that was where she was left. Like she just, she didn't know what to do. She was just scared that I was going to kill myself, you know, with all these partying and where I was living, I was like right near New York city. So like, I was like 15, like going into New York city, taking the train in and like going out and getting wasted and like doing crazy things. So as a mom, like I would have been terrified too. I would have been so scared. And, you know, now me and my mom talking about all this stuff really helps us like heal and forgive and like move forward. But I just, these schools, by the way, are getting shut down right now. Like they're finally, there's all these lawsuits happening and they're finally getting shut down because they're just not okay. Um, Thank the universe. I can't believe I mean, I can't believe these were even places that like people could send their kids. But on top of that, like the fact that they were pretty much tricking the parents into like, like it cost as much as like a college tuition for me to go there. So it's like extremely expensive. And they didn't even feed me half the time. Like they locked me in a room in isolation and like didn't let me eat or anything. Like, where's all this money going? Like we lived in these tiny little rooms with like not even, it was pretty much like jail. I mean, you know, like we had one outfit. I mean, it was crazy. There was nothing. Why would this be such an expensive thing? Like they why gave us a legal? little. Yeah. It's true. They medicated all of us. They just give you a pill in the morning and a pill at night. And 
I have to say that's where a huge part of my like take the pill <laughs> came from, right? Like I was given a pill for many years, like told I have to take this and this will make everything better. And like in these really like formative years of my life. And it's like that's not I don't know, I got so confused, like wait, aren't you supposed to just take a pill? Aren't you supposed to go to the doctor and get a prescription and like take a pill and that makes everything better, right? Like that's what they tell you. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, that's a that's a whole cultural thing that we're working on shifting currently. I I hope. Yeah. I believe so. Um but yeah, so man, it's fascinating hearing all of your stories. I'm like, "Oh my goodness, gracious." I know, take a deep breath. <laughs> I hate even like thinking about it, but I do know how important it is to like share about these things and you know, It's like for anyone who's listening that maybe has gone through something like this, like you can heal from it. You will be okay. It's okay to like do that work of like, it's not my fault. And that wasn't like, that wasn't because I'm a bad person. And it wasn't because my parents are bad people. Like that's not why any of that happened. It happened because now here I am and here I am trying to help people, you know, it's a part of that journey of the healer's journey. Like it's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah. Most, most people that are, that become, um, shamans or healers or I, you know, whatever, whatever word you want to say, priestesses, divine feminine leaders in some way, shape or form probably went through hell in some way, shape or form. Cause that's just kind of the way that this, the way that humanity is waking up to evolve right now is through some of this darkness, which we see all over the world in lots of different ways. So, yeah. So is there something, so you, you shared the story of almost dying. Was there any Mm -hmm. other like reckoning or pivotal moments that you want to share? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, like in the beginning of sobriety, um, you feel like you have to be perfect at first and like, that's not how it works. <laughs> like you get sober and then you probably mess up once or twice or like you go have a drink and you go party and you go throw up and then you go remember like why you're getting sober. So I think it's really important to like know that there is no like perfect and there's no right. You know, I think I got really scared of like, AA and places like that because it like felt like I had to be a certain way or like do it a certain way uh, there's no certain way like you just don't give up I think that's like the biggest thing but yeah I think um really it hit me like that I actually wanted to get sober like in that beginning of sobriety when I did go through my relapse and um the weight of like having to tell the people I love um, that was like a sign to me that like, I don't want to keep doing this. That's not what I want to do again and again and again. (laughs) You know, it's like, okay, I'm actually done this time, you know? And that was the last time I fucked up, you know? And I, it was just like this choice where I was like, I don't want to do this again, I'm actually done. Okay, I'm good. (laughs) You know, and not like wallowing in like, oh my God, I messed up. Oh my God. You know? Yeah. I think it is. I think there's, 
Like, I think as women, as we're remembering how powerful we are and how holy and divine and sacred we are, we're realizing, I know I'm realizing that it's an inner, it's an inner commitment to myself. It's an internal Mm -hmm. investment in me to make whatever choice, whether I'm going to choose to become this mentor, you know, for younger people, or if I'm going to choose to, you know, never have another drink or whatever the thing is. Um, you know, and it's like any of those big decisions for me, like quitting smoking, like that was something that I had to do for me, um, in like inwardly, like, like, okay, I'm going to commit to this and I'm going to stick to it. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up. Cause I think that that's, I think programs are great though. I do. I do want to comment yeah. on that because like, and there's so many amazing course, coaches yeah. now. And yeah. if you are like, like I definitely didn't want to go to AA either. So it's like, if you can, you can find it within you to do it. Great. If you, yeah. it's good to find a group. It definitely will happen faster yeah. probably. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you need, you need a group. Like if I didn't have uh, the few people that I had, like I had a really amazing shaman lady who was helping me spiritually and then I had a lady who was helping me with movement and yoga and like eating and I had like a crew helping me (laughs) and then you know my family to keep me accountable and myself myself to keep me accountable (laughs) when you made that decision inwardly yes I'm doing this I don't want to hurt my my family or anyone else um at that point, did you cut off all of the negative people in your life? Did you have to sever mm. those ties and relationships? Because that part is hard, but I think essential. It's really hard. I moved across the country. Like I, I moved from the East Coast to the West Coast. But I have to say, it wasn't long before I found the negative people again here. Like the addict part of me wanted to know that I could still like go and get it. So I did have, you know, a relapse and I did still find the negative people. I just didn't dive like fully in the way I did before. Cause it all, it like, I, I learned, you know, I grew, I like, I knew this was, those were the signs of me going back to that path. And like, I don't know, it was just so big within me of like, I don't want to do that again. That I, I still cut it off, you know. It is the hardest part. It is. It's the hardest part because when you're first getting sober, like your confidence and the way you think about yourself is so low. Like, yeah, I couldn't imagine being friends with the people that I'm friends with now. Like, in my mind, there was no way those people were going to understand me or like me or want to be near me because in my mind, I was still like the dirty hippie in the alley sleeping on like, you know, the trash. (laughs) Like, that's just where, like, that's what I was, right? Like, and I think that first year, I like didn't really make many friends. um, And that was because I was still adjusting to like accepting myself for who I am. You know. Yeah. You may have 
have heard of Lisa Miller, who is a PhD and New York Times bestselling author of The Awakened Brain and the Spiritual Child. This lady is cool. She takes neuroscience and spirituality and ties them together. She said we're all innately spiritual as children and when we arrive at puberty, we are told it isn't important or real and we forgo our spirit. I'm here to offer a different reality to girls and set a spiritual foundation for them. Luna Magic Method is a sacred rite of passage for young girls. It is a transformational journey into womanhood with mom leading the way. If you have a daughter or know someone who desires to honor their daughter and her menarche and period, I have the mentorship and introduction for them to deepen their relationship with mom while being introduced to becoming a healthy and empowered woman. You can find out more about this on my website, nevegrace.com. That's N-E-V-E-G-R-A-C-E.com. Now back to the episode. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think it, you're really speaking to that self-forgiveness piece. For anyone listening, you know, if, especially if you've had any type of addiction, like food addiction, sugar addiction, caffeine addiction, you're letting it go. Like there's a self-forgiveness thing. I think no matter what, when you're when you're on a once you enter a spiritual path, you really do have to completely forgive everyone else and yourself. Because that's kind of how those things work, right? You have to stop judging totally. yourself, which helps yeah. you not judge other people. Um, so when did you discover like essential oils and self-care? Was that with your team of healers that helped you? Yeah. Yeah. It was the team of healers. And I have this weird thing where like as soon as I want something, it like my angels like throw it right in front of my face to where I can't like not see it you know what I mean like Sounds nice. I pretty much call yeah it's, it's really amazing <laughs> it's truly like I'm so blessed and like I feel like you know I it started with I want to get off all these medications because I was put on medications as soon as I got clean and sober which is like okay <laughs> I'm still addicted, right? Because these are still like addicting things. And these doctors are writing me the prescription. Like, I want to get off of this stuff. I don't want anything in my body that is not pure. And the doctors all said that I was not going to be able to do it. And uh, I couldn't do it. And here I am. Um, But what happened was, this is kind of a really crazy story. So... I was on probably like five. (laughs) It could be a little weird for some people, but it is what it is. And yeah, so I was on, God, after being sober, they still like were writing me prescriptions for benzos and for these really heavy um, muscle relaxers, um, all sorts of stuff like that. And one night, me and my now husband went out to a concert and we were dancing all night and I would have these like little mini like muscle spasms it was a side effect from the ketamine but like still wearing off and so I'd have these like really crazy muscle spasms that would actually like kind of attack my heart and my heart muscle and I would like just kind of like keel over and like go through these like crazy little tightenings all over my body and then it would go away and it was 
yeah, really intense, especially when you're trying to get sober. I'm like, of course, the doctors are telling me I can't get off this stuff. Like, so scary. it doesn't seem like, yeah, it's pretty scary. Um, but it was really crazy. So me and my husband were standing outside in the backyard after we went to this concert and all these things happened. And I just remember crying and being like, I want to get off this medication so bad. I want to be like really sober. And we were out by our favorite tree in the backyard, this like apple tree. And my husband had taken like a little bit of psychedelics, some mushrooms, but like very minuscule amount. It's not like there was no like tripping happening. Um, And I just remember he like hugged me and he held me while I was going through one of these like convulsions, like my whole body was going. And He just grabbed me and like held me and it was really crazy. So in his mind, he saw this like dark thing wrapped around my body, like clawing at me. He, he describes it as like some sort of cat-like thing, really, really dark and demonic. And he like held me and he took it from me. He like allowed it to like come into him from me. Right. He like asked for it to come and it came out of me and my muscle spasms just like completely stopped. And he then threw up this like black tar looking stuff. It was really crazy. (laughs) Really, really crazy. We both think it had a lot to do with the tree that was back there. Like the tree was a part of this like it was like it was the three of us <laughs> I don't know it's really crazy I know it sounds really nuts but like it was real I experienced it he experienced it and this tree was like a, an entity in the whole thing right and I haven't had a muscle spasm since that day like it just I haven't had it I got off all my medication that night I have not had one spasm I have not had one issue like it's gone no. <laughs> yeah, that is so intense. Thank you for sharing it with me. And I totally, um, and everyone, uh, but I totally, uh, I, you know, believe you because that, that kind of, it's kind of a weird thing. Like it's, it's hard when I, you know, with shifting from linear thinking to circular and from patriarchal or dualistic to oneness, it's like, I've been having trouble categorizing dark or shadow things, but I really feel like it's part of the oneness. It's just the opposite. It's not necessarily negative or bad, although it sounds like it was not helpful (laughs) at the time, right? (laughs) But that is so crazy that he hugged you and then it it just like he puked it out. I, I don't have permission to share a story, but later I can tell you a story about something similar where a dark thing was pulled out of someone and then they were changed forever. So it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, and I do think it had a lot to do with my, this, this, it could have been my forever could have been like on these prescription medications and still altered rather than being who I am now. Because I know if I didn't get off of all that stuff, I wouldn't be who I am now. I know that because of where I'm at and how I wake up every day and the feelings I feel throughout my day. Like there was something dark in me and stuck to me and not wanting me to like move forward. <laughs> and 
it happened, you know, uh, against all odds, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just it's, kind of a crazy thing. Yeah, it is crazy. But now you can you're you're making all these beautiful, amazing, love infused natural products with like like you know the, and blessing other people with them like the energy in your products is so <laughs> positive and like so powerful that i'm like how what what is she and it's you know now i get it it's like this story i mean obviously there's so much there's so much positive love energy being instilled in all of your stuff now and i just yeah it's that's kind of i'm not surprised that there was that dark Thank you for feeling that. I mean, I put so much time into the energy part of it. And when I hear that kind of feedback, it just gives me everything. Like I, I literally dance around with these bottles of oil and like shake them when I am feeling really good. <laughs> I like dance with them and I chant with them. I do these like ancient Ayurvedic chants, these like beautifying chants. And um, my main goal is to like, with these oils and such, I really want people to see how beautiful they are and accept how beautiful they are, even though we're all different and we have different things going on. Like, I just want people to see that, like, every person is so fucking beautiful. And, like, that's what I get to see every day. Like, when I look at everyone, I see, like, <laughs> you know and it's like they don't see it and I'm like ah, how do I how do I get them to see what I see when I look at them like how and yeah so far the best way is like getting people to massage themselves with the oil and like look in the mirror after <laughs> because there's something about that like self-love and like really doing the work yourself and then like seeing Wow, I'm glowing. <laughs> I'm a glowing goddess. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's really powerful. It really is. I mean, one of the ways I'm doing is through like the, you know, spiritual journey and Dharma. Like I see, as you know, with you, I, I see the potential leadership and path of people without trying to it's just like a vision i just like see it i'm like oh yeah there's them doing this thing they don't see it sometimes um so you know it's it's i think we're all doing each other's you know we're all doing our part to help each other shine the light and like really in all the spiritual traditions especially when you get into like mysticism it is about seeing the divine in everyone else like if you can really see that everyone else glowing you know your spiritual journey is working for you. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. You, you have hacked being human. Good job. Um, <laughs> uh, so when did you start making products? Like when did you become this witchy priestess alchemist mm. person? Because you, you obviously learned some from your mentors and then that got you like shifting into this from self-loathing to self-love. Yeah. yeah. When did you start? alchemizing the herbs, <laughs> infusing them with love. It was, it was right after this whole experience that me and James had. And after I was like cleansed and back to myself and feeling good and waking up and like being happy and like free and like just so grateful because I had just felt not, I had just like not felt that in so long. And so finally I felt this feeling of like, 
oh my God, I feel like I'm a kid again. You know, like this is so exciting. And I feel like that kid energy came back to me. Um, so like outside playing, like that was my thing. I was just always outside playing, right? <laughs> and like whether it was at the beach or in the woods, I was outside. That's it. Like if I wasn't at work, I was outside. And I think connecting with like, God, just connecting with the plants here. Um, and then soon after I got pregnant with my son and then it was like, okay, I want to do something for the rest of my life that I feel happy about, but that I can also like support my son and my family. And like, what could that possibly be? And I just remember walking outside in the woods and I was like, you know, I want to be with the plants. I want to like somehow, because that experience really connected me first of all to that tree but then like from that tree it turned into like me seeing like how incredible trees and plants are and how you can talk to each other and how you can feel each other and help each other and like you know meditate together and learn from each other and I don't know it just kind of happened like it all happened I think because I was so open and so you know like willing to hear the plants out there and like the fact that they want to be medicine and then thinking like, wow, what if I had that medicine instead of the other medicine? Like, I want people to have this medicine. <laughs> I want to share that, you know, like it was all about realizing like these oils and things. It started out as tinctures and oils and then it turned into this skincare because I was educated as a esthetician and I just put all these things together and it it honestly happened without me thinking too much about it. Like it just happened. And again, that was because I was like so open and so like, what am I going to do? Like what's going to happen and not being very like, I'm going to do this. Like I was very like questioning in the beginning, what should I be doing? You know? Yeah. That's so yeah. beautiful. I'm glad that you brought that up because that's kind of how I felt like teaching, teaching yoga and then starting to coach. And I'm like, okay. And then the universe is like, you're going to mentor young people. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> like <laughs> me, I kind of made all of the mistakes when I was a young person. Like, I'm not sure if I should be mentoring young people. Uh, and the universe is like, no, this is what I want. This is what are you, this is what you're doing. You're going to teach them about sacred sexuality. And I'm like, okay, guess that's what I'm doing. And so it's, it's been really useful since then stepping into it, but man, it was true. It's, I think when it comes in from the divine, from source, it's not something you have to really think about that much. It's just something you have to start taking action on. It's like, exactly. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. And I was also wondering, I know we probably need to close soon, but I wanted to know, I, I think what you said, shared at the very beginning is like having so much energy and being an empath, um, and being mm-hmm. really curious, like kind of got both of us in trouble, I think is it was too much energy for other people. And yeah. I felt like I had to drink alcohol to to like dumb down myself for other people, which is like so backwards thinking. But I think most of us think that that are similar. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally what I thought. I'm like, Oh, I better, I got to chill out. uh, (laughs) You know, I got to find a way to connect with these people because I'm different. You know, it's like, I have to, I have to fit in. I have to be like everyone else. I have to like 
you know, try and just like fake it. I don't know. I played like I pretended I was such an airhead at that time. Like, yeah. And like and I was, that you don't feel as much. Oh, I don't. I'm not feeling everyone's thoughts. Wait, actually, I am. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like it can yeah. be an overwhelming thing, I think. And I think that's why even yeah. our society at a, as a large, like this whole drinking culture is bullshit. If humanity is evolving and we're expanding, we don't need to be poisoning ourselves with pills or alcohol, really. I mean, and I'm not like, you know, it's fine. If you like want to have a drink every once in a while, fine. But the whole culture yeah. is about drinking. That's all every every night right you're supposed to go home and have a drink every night they like that's what they tell you and you know what it's the most easy things to get you know what I mean these these really poisonous and toxic things like cigarettes and alcohol and pills like those are right there yeah this is like here take this here have this it's almost like they're pushing it on us and it's like no like those are the things that will take away from what me and you were talking about, like that easy, like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And that like happy, flowy place. Being <laughs> right? open, loving yourself so much and being open enough to receive your dharma, right? I feel like that, mm-hmm. yes, our culture mm-hmm. is, and humanity at large, but especially our culture is just, it's and it's from what? Money, because the pills. Yeah you know and so so it's patriarchal again right so this is why that divine feminine energy as it as it you know comes more to the forefront for everyone and for societies and cultures i think will be more vulnerable and more connected to nature and realizing we don't actually need anything outside of us like we have everything within us okay so I have, I know it's so beautiful. I'm like, oh man, we have, you have everything inside you, Maggie. I have everything inside me. Yay. All of it. <laughs> All of it. I'm good. Oh. Yeah. Divine, holy womb, yoni energy. We got it. Yeah. <laughs> we got it. And everyone has it. Like everyone has it. We're okay. We're not who we think we are. And we're not like weird. And we're not. You know, like just be. It's okay, and you're supposed to be different. And you're, yeah, like, you're supposed you know? to be weird. That's good. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was pretty cool. I was reading this book to Tanzan about people all around the world and how different they are and stuff. And I don't agree with everything in the book, but there was this one of the last pages had, um, you know, we're all we're, we come in all different shapes and sizes and colors and we have different hobbies and clothes and all this stuff and whatever. And then, you know, and then the page turns and everything's like brown and like <laughs> a pale green. It's like, it wouldn't be fun if we were all the same. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is a really good illustration of definitely how I yeah. feel. So, you know, it takes work to be dynamic as, as a human species, but I think yeah, it's worth it. So um, in closing, I have, uh, I guess a couple more questions, but these are like closing fast, quick questions. So right now, what's your favorite song or type of music to listen to and like level up your frequency and like, just be like, Oh yes. Is there a particular artist or type of song? What are you jamming to Uh, right now? (laughs) For some reason, Michael Franny is like right now, it's just what's happening. (laughs) I feel like passionate and I don't know his words are like amazing as far as like you know shit's going down but we're gonna be okay (laughs) 
and like just finding those happy vibes right and my kid really loves it so we do daily dance party that's how we alchemize in the morning like we are gonna change the energy and make it high vibe and happy and fun and yeah I'm really into him right now but it's always changing like music is so it's one of my favorite things so yeah, me too. That's why that's why I said right now at the end of the question because mine will be different next week as it was from today. So, okay, and then you already answered this one. What what's your favorite movement practice that you're enjoying? Dance, is that right? Dance. Dance, totally. They go and, well together. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely my top like daily thing. Yeah. Okay, and then do you have a health tip to share with everyone. Yeah. The craziest thing, like the thing that changed my life the most was drinking water, like drinking enough water and like having really good water to shower and bathe in. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Water. (laughs) We always laugh now. Like I just like, had a glass of water you know (laughs) how different would things be you know so don't underestimate the power of water I I infuse my water with energies and it, it works and it really works for me and yeah, I just think water is the most incredible thing. <laughs> I yeah, love that. Uh, yeah, I love that health tip. I love that you infuse it. I used to have a water bottle that just had like happy love and all the positive words on it. So you've inspired me to go back to my sticker water bottle <laughs> thing, right? Um, and the other thing is I like to call it um, the best drink in the world. Like I just call it, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to have some of the best drink in the world. That helps remind (laughs) me how amazing water is. Uh, I love it. Okay. And then do you, for closing, um, I have one last question. So this podcast is about becoming love. So how do you become love every day? It's really incredible. Oh, I have goosebumps everywhere. Um, it's a practice, right? You have to practice it. And it all of a sudden is not a practice anymore for me, like recently, you know, but I wake up every morning and I do my gratefuls, like my grateful practices. So what am I grateful for? What are the things that I have that like make me really happy? And, and then sending it out and imagining all the people that I love, like, it's just an incredible way to start your day thinking about all the good things, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So where can folks find you if they want to have some magical products? What's the easiest Uh, way? Yeah. Please come contact me. Even if you just want to have a magical conversation, like, please, I just love people. I love connecting with people and yes you can totally get my products i'm working on making my instagram i'm doing like the whole shopify thing but right now my etsy it or just messaging me on instagram these are like the best ways or if you're local come to my farmer's market i'm at the farmer's market now so um but my etsy is at glowing dot goddess dot 13 so you can find me there and then my Etsy shop, I believe, is Glowing Goddess 88. So if you just type that right in 
to the search on Etsy, my shop should come up. Yeah. And those are the best ways. And it's growing rapidly right now. So there will be much happening. Please follow. (laughs) Yeah, expanding. Yeah, definitely. And I will put that wherever I post this podcast, I'll put that in the podcast. So her notes. So it will be easy for people to click and find you. Well, thank you so much for doing this with me. It was so fun to get to know you more. Mm, I agree. I love you. You're incredible. And thank you for doing what you do and spreading this this vibe. <laughs> totally. Thank you. <laughs> what a powerful story of transformation and mystical intervention. Maggie is one of the most joyful, inspiring glowing goddess friends I have. Her energy is amazing and it's fascinating hearing all the stuff she went through to become love. My takeaway from our conversation is community and interpersonal commitment is crucial for creating change. You can order amazing love infused products from her at glowing goddess 88 on Etsy. You can find her on Instagram at glowing.goddess.13. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at EverFreeSpirit, and my Facebook page and YouTube channel is Free Spirit Creatrix. I invite you to create a magical day full of love for yourself. Bye for now. It looks like our time has come to an end. So until we meet again, I'm sending you